mixtapes. The classic mixtapes. Doing the mixtape thing. Let me drop a mixtape. Oh, mixtape. The mixtapes. This is the Art Behind the Tape Podcast. Podcast. Hosted by this DJ. DJ Mars and Brill Jive. Covering the spectrum of the mixtape culture. Yo, yo, yo. What's going on? What's going on? The Art Behind the Tape Podcast right here. Going on? What's going on, Mars? Yeah, man. We in the building, man. Listen, it's summer season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's no longer... Winter season is no <laughs> longer fall season. And I know this sounds super corny. I'm oh, tossing it to man. my man's in the middle. It is holiday, holiday season. season. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, that was, Mark, that was one of the best ones I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that, was <laughs> that was an alley about that. That, was, that was an alley That was amazing, man. DJ Holiday in the building. What's yeah, going on, man? man? What's up, guys? Thank you for having me, man, on a beautiful day in town. Like, Definitely. Yeah, it's 2,000 degrees outside. Yeah, it's very hot outside. Hot outside if we both yeah. got on hoodies. Yeah, I know. I wasn't, you know, <laughs> breaking the Day down right. <laughs> I just tried to grab some and sweat a little bit. But anyway, what's going on? Y'all good? Man, we in here. The art behind the tape. I, I like this. Thank you, doggy. Yes, thank, thank you. Man. This thank is you. amazing. This is an honor, man. I guess yeah. we're gonna talk about mixtapes and stuff. Man, right? no, mixtapes obviously. First and foremost, thank you for writing this uh, and getting this done. Thank you. This, this is amazing. I got this at the house. Thanks for being on, part on, of it too. On, on well. the, yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure, man. man. You know, I feel like I'm the uh, I always say I'm the uh Lawrence Fishburg of mixtapes. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you say you answer like no, 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 no. This is why I break it down. Lauren Fishburg is like one of the, he, he's up there with Denzel, mm-hmm. but he just never got the credit. He did a lot of like great yeah. mix. No, no, hold that's on. it. That well, I, I say Forrest Whitaker. So hold he's, on, Nicki. Let me cut you off. Nicki nah, Minaj right. said I was the first rapper to make a million off of mixtapes. That was a tape you, you did. did. I know that guy, and I and I got maybe like thirty thousand of that. You know, <laughs> it could have been more. But I'm saying I was saying that because on the way over here, knowing when I was coming, I was like, I said, man. You know, I've always been like compared to drama and people like that and stuff, mm. and it's weird because you know I did I did a interview in uh, New York a couple months ago uh, for mm. for Adidas, and um, it was just weird because they 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 were saying like, oh man, you did all these amazing things, you're so humble about it, and I was just like, oh, it's cool, but you know, I, I just I've never I never was chasing drama and people like that. Like right. you understand, hands down, I say this on any interview I ever did. Shout out to drama, Trap or Die was my bible yeah. when I was coming up in college. Yeah. That's what made me want to do it more so less uh, made it more real to me to touch it and see. Mm-hmm. But um, Clue was the one that when I met him and we talked in New York, man, you know, he told me like, no, bro, you really can go like go mm-hmm. grab it and, and, and make money off this shit. And just, you know, don't be afraid to take chances on people. And that's what I did not understand. So I only say that, that like I'm not drama. Drama is the king of this shit and he's mm-hmm. been doing it for years. But I always say I feel like I got a couple good ones in there, right, like like Lauren Fishburne, like you know he was yeah, yeah. Matrix, ah, yeah, you know what I'm saying, King of the Hood, King, boys in the Hood, King high of New learning. York, yeah, high learning, but not Denzel, you know, yeah, and, gotcha. that's, so, and that's what I say. Let me ask you this: This is a the the question I'm about to ask is not was not on the board, but mm-hmm. I love how this is flowing off top. Do you feel like so? I'm gonna give you another twist on what you what you said. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like your notoriety didn't Let's let's use the word skyrocket because at the time that you took off, like so, let's look at let's put a year, right? I'm just giving you an example. Yeah. Let's say it was 2010 when you took off. Yeah. 2012 drama and canon had the raid situation, so that kind of killed 
the mixtape movement. So do you feel like it was because, because it wasn't because of your effort. Your effort was through the roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? The artists that you broke, several of them, we're definitely going to get into that. Yeah. Right. Several of them went through the roof. But do you feel like the mixtape ceiling got closed because of drama and canon? Because that was, well, if well, you were to ask me, that would be, I would say that would be, because the effort was there, dog. Yeah, right? yeah. It was definitely there. Killing them. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the ceiling, I feel like, did close, but at the same time, I think the digital part about it mm-hmm. switched it a little bit too, mm-hmm. and then that made it more difficult. I had to figure all that shit out, by the way, by myself, because mm-hmm. I, I was in the affiliates uh cocoon and crew and mm-hmm. and I was learning and figuring out how to do distribution it was hand in hand at that time mm-hmm. but then when the digital popped off with the that piff and live mixtapes mm-hmm. I had to figure that shit out myself right. cause mm-hmm. I didn't know nobody on the fly right there yeah right then and there like hold on you got this Gucci mixtape but you gotta get this shit out to hundreds of thousands of people right. how do you do it and that's what I had to figure out for myself it was very difficult mm-hmm. but I figured it out so yes that answers your question I did feel like a ceiling hit me uh, right when I was you know, when I got the writing on the walls and the beam me up Scotties and things like that. But I still went came behind that and gave you guys, you know, um Wiz Khalifa's and mm-hmm. OJ the Juice Man, Waka Flockers, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, French Montana's and all that. Period. Yeah, yeah, Nicki yeah. Minaj. Uh, uh Young Dolph, uh, Chief Keith. <laughs> right. I, mean, I did, I did damage. Yo, that's a summer jam show. Yeah, right, exactly. I, I, in the city. I, I, did, <laughs> I did damage, but it just you're right, Mars. I, that's why I said, you know, I feel like I People f- tend to forget that I did that many different ones. We ain't and, forget. And I touched so many different <clears throat> places. I never want to just be like ATL and that's right. it. It mm-hmm. was no. I was. I'm very big on moving around moving and, and around. knowing who's that guy in the town. Any city I've ever touched, I always try to find out who the next hot dude, mm-hmm. and I invite him to the club and come kick it with me. Mm-hmm. Kick it with every so time. So let me ask you this. This is, and I'll let Brill set this off. Mm-hmm. Like we. When we start the show, we generally start with the genesis of that person's life, like mm-hmm. where they where they started. Brill brought up a fact. Uh, clearly, you know, because it's about you. Yeah. But Brill brought up a fact, and I let him answer the ask the question. Um, your heritage. It, it, this is super dope, and it's super exciting yeah, to right. me, bro. So you were born in Germany. People don't know that about you. Yeah, you read, you read the East Side to the fullest, but you were born in Germany. Talk about yeah, that. Yeah, I was born in Germany. I was uh, you know, born there. My mom, military. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been in the military for what, 40, 50 years now or something. Mm-hmm. But she's retired now and kicking and having a good time. But yeah, Germany was the start of it. it. I was born there. I was raised there for, I think, six years of my life. Okay. And then one day she just um, you know, told me, like, it's time to go to America. Mm. And mm. but it on an army base, and we went to San Jose first, and then San Jose for a couple of years, and you know I learned the the West Coast culture a lot out there, okay. and, mm-hmm. and then it was okay. Now we're going to stay with your grandparents in Georgia, mm. and I was like, oh shit, you know and, East Side. Well, no, first it was the West Side, okay, mm-hmm. and then it was uh, my mom saved up her money, got her own house, and we was like, oh, right, we're moving to Decatur, okay. Mm. Well, Lithonia rather, or Decatur, Lithonia. Gotcha, so, gotcha. Yeah, and that, and, that, and that was just a straight up culture shock because mm. I didn't have to ride the bus in Germany, I didn't have to ride the bus in San Jose. It was all drop off because we was on army base, so you walk to the school. The school mm. is literally the down the street, right? Mm-hmm. Base, yeah. You go to Burger King, go to McDonald's, go to the bowling alley, go to movie theater, right there. All that mm. shit's everything's there. You raised pretty much in a bubble. Wow. So let me let me ask you this: At, What what year did you move from the state? I mean, how old were you? We moved from Germany back to the states. Six, you said. Yeah, six. So, do you have any recollection of what either you or your mom was listening to musically at that time? Uh, no. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sundays, um, we we did church online. Well, not online. Yeah, I can't say that. Hold on. Sundays, we I know we listened to 
gospel, gospel music, music. But I don't remember exactly how we got it. It you was I, I don't remember. It, it, was, it, it was somewhere yeah, it. It was something on the radio or something like that. Mm-hmm. But nevertheless, like I said, she she played Luther Vandross. She played The Temptations. She played mm-hmm. you know everything. You know uh, Carrie Washington. Uh, it's just all type of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It really like uh, stuck with me. A lot of R and B. A mm-hmm. lot of R and B. Pretty Russia. much everything you play at the Usher concert. At the, at the joints. <laughs> so okay, so you're, you're six years old. Back to the states. When do you get in love with hip hop? Uh, seeing, well, the kids, the older kids in our neighborhood was, uh, talking about, uh, reasonable doubt and, um, and Jay-Z and then uh, a lot of, uh, Snoop Dogg and I bet you can't get that album cause your mom won't let you listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I remember, and, and, and I hate, I, I've told Jay-Z and I've told Snoop this story, but I, I've, yeah, I, 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 I went to the PX and I stole it. <laughs> because my mom wouldn't let me have it, but you know I did. I, I didn't have another choice, you know, because you were cool if you knew the words to the songs, mm-hmm. and that's when I learned Lottie Dottie from you know Snoop Dogg's version. That's when I learned Reasonable Doubt and all that type of stuff. And that that just you know it's so crazy. It's so small of a memory to right. me, but it is so big. You know, in, in the production of what what started me right. loving music and stuff like that. So yeah, it was it was you had to go steal the CDs, mm-hmm. get it back. Play it in your CD player and then recite the words and remember. Like even Nas, it was written. I remember that's how I learned uh, if I ruled the world and shit like that. Right. Mm. Yeah. Like I, you had to like, and it, this is when you took out the case and you could read the words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had to re- like, you had to remember that shit at school or you were lame. Right. Yo, the funny thing is, as a kid, I used to do the same thing. So yeah. it's like, re- regardless of where we are, like culture. For those who are legitimately involved in a culture, mm-hmm. either from a fan aspect or obviously future DJ aspect, we all did the same thing. Yes. Like yeah. I, I don't care where you where you live, Germany, San Jose, yeah. LA, Massachusetts, we all we all will open up the book or or album cover, open whatever, album, and just yeah. look and look at the, the liner notes. I used to, but and even even the credit shit, I remember that was a big thing. Yeah, man. It was like, a huge, producer yeah, was, yeah. the studio they I, did it I, in. I, I know it's so weird. I really wanted to know that type of shit. Me too. And because, you know, you think about it, well, I ain't had no phones back then. <laughs> right. You know, my kids, like, they would kill me if I turned the Wi-Fi off in the house. Oh, my God. Like, you know what I'm saying? But, like, we, we Mars, that's crazy you bring that up. I really did that shit. And I listened to every song and I rewinded it, trying to hear the words and say it, like, I was wanted to be up one of my friends knowing mm. the words to a song. I just remember that so bad. That's right. crazy you brought that up. That's that's fun stuff, man. We used to yeah. look at the inside of album covers and look at the outfits and be like, damn, yeah. I wish I can get that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I wish I could yeah. get the Jordan 2s or yeah. or the Jordan 1s or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, Tribe Called Quest with New Balance on yeah. the, the first, yeah. first and album. I bought every, and we bought everything, man. Yeah. I bought everything. Real quick, thinking about it, you said you stole your albums. I used to order mine from Columbia House and just never pay them back. <laughs> oh, for one cent? Yeah, for one cent. Wow. You used to send you like eight albums. Yeah. Never pay them the money for it. Nah, yeah. That was my thing. That was my thing back in yeah, the day. Yeah, man, I stole for a while, man. <laughs> then, 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 I, then I got money to cut grass and stuff, and then I figured it out. And Started paying for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. talk about Southwest Cab. How was yeah. that environment growing up, coming to Atlanta? <sighs> it was tough, man. That was a football strict environment mm-hmm. you know shout out to coach buck godfrey i think he just beat cancer uh shout out to rashawn ali that's his daughter um it was difficult man you mm. know but you know music wasn't my even in my stratosphere at that time it you know it was a lot of uh no limit and uh cash money millionaires and you, right. that's what you played in your car when you pulled up to practice and mm-hmm. that's what you pulled up for uh you know lunch and stuff like that but yeah my it was mostly like 
you're playing football, you're going to D1 college, you're going to, you're going to make it to the NFL. And right. That was, was that in was my dream, mind. Right? Oh, that was it. That was the dream. And that yep. was, that's what you work towards every day because they, you know, side with the cab at that time, I went from, what, 97 to 2000 yeah, or something like age, that. Same, yeah, high school. Uh, it was, yeah, it was, you know, he's producing Quincy Carters and mm-hmm. Cozy Coleman and Jamal, you know, Jamal Luzman, um, Doug, but still, like, it's just, you see these people like, yo, this is the guy who's, going to the draft like mm. and he's going to Tennessee going to Florida he's going to Alabama University of Georgia and and it was and you thought you could touch it right so mm. you worked your ass off man we used to go hit trees mm. uh you know we we, we worked out we we pretty much just two days sl- two days it wasn't Everything. even it just mentally bro it just coach Godfrey taught us to be man but at the same time like it was nothing else in the world that mattered other than working out lifting weights running being an athlete and that's it. Were you DJing at the time? You- Hell no. <laughs> None of that. It was straight football. Football, yeah. And then, but at the same time, like I said, to revert back to my music con- uh, context, I bought every No Limit album oh, yeah. that mm-hmm. ever came out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm talking about even from the niggas who you didn't care about, like Skull Durries and mm-hmm. and uh, Kane and Abels and shit. But Mia X, C Murder. Uh, Fiend, all the, man, I had all oh, that man. shit, bro. And I'm talking about we used to skip school and leave and go to the record store at Supersonics on uh, flat shows Sheesh. to bring that shit and be happy. Like it was, like I said, back to reading the shit as a kid. But mm-hmm. in high school, it was making sure you had that CD mm-hmm. before you hit practice. Mm-hmm. If you had that new fucking Master P, right. it was after football practice and your girl meet you at your car, nigga, you was that <laughs> nigga. And I'm talking about that, uh, uh, that shit was the coolest yeah. shit in the right. world. And then you had it on Saturdays after the game. After Friday, we beat somebody ass. We go out and meet at Checkers mm-hmm. on Calla Road. Wow. And we beat that shit loud as fuck. Let me ask you this. Were you listening to any mixtapes at the time? Either. Nah, no, no. It, well, yeah, clues, 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 okay. clues, yeah, clues for sure. But I only got that 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 piece of music because my cousins are from Jersey, okay. and they used to make me feel lame, like because I didn't know Jersey music. <laughs> they was like, oh, all you like is Master P and No Limit and, and fucking Eight Ball MJG right. and Player Fly, but you don't know fucking. You know, Jay-Z, nigga, you don't know who Tribe Called Quest is. You don't mm. know who fucking, you know, that's when I was like, oh, okay, well. And I brought my horizon, so then I started buying that music, too. Okay, let's, yeah. let's transfer to uh, Fort Valley State. Yeah. Go to Fort Valley State. You Fort Valley fo- is music, yeah. You playing football? I, I got a full scholarship there. Okay. Four, what four, position? Uh, outside linebacker, strong safety. Got it. Yeah, got yeah. It. so my mama didn't have to pay for college, so salute all the kids that's going to college for free. Got that bit. was a blessing in itself, uh, but that's when I also learned the harsh reality of no, I'm not going to the NFL because <laughs> I'm five nine, I'm five ten, whatever on a good day, and um, and these motherfuckers are six two, and they play running back, and they run a four four three, and they're Jeez. trying to run my. But I'm a I'm a I'm a dog now. Right. I'm tackling the fuck out of nigga. I'm 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 a beast. But I just knew the projective of uh, what I'm supposed to look like as a strong safety, or and that wasn't it, you gotcha. know. And then that's when I kind of started turning my a talents to uh, music, mm-hmm. and then uh, I got into throwing parties, and I got into hosting gigs, and mass communications with my life at that time. Okay, fifty so mm-hmm. fifty football, and then mass communications. But then I saw myself. I stopped going to football practice. I would lie about being sick mm-hmm. to go to the mass comm building to finish up a uh, my um, show. Mm-hmm. And, you um, a radio show? Yeah, yeah. I had like a college radio show, and mm-hmm. you know, people listened to it. It was funny. I used to talk about people and rate girls and shit <laughs> to make it make it like interesting. But uh, I threw parties every Friday. Well, every yeah, every Thursday and 
Friday um at the at the student hall. Mm-hmm. And um when I did that, um that that kind of turned into party parties. That's where you did plush blue? Well, plush blue was when I, I left school my senior year. Okay. And I told my mom, I said, Mom, paper or not, I feel like um I got what I wanted to get out of college and mm-hmm. I think I need to come home and uh just try for like eight months and then she was like, Yeah, you got a year and if you don't you're going in the army. <laughs> and then, um, then, then that was it. And then I, I met Plush Blue, and okay. that was a question kind of transferring to that. But yeah, I met Plush Blue, and and then we started House Nightclub. Mm. Oh, that shit! I remember House Nightclub. So Club. when did when did you turn, or you went from well, football player yeah. to promoter? When did you turn into DJ Holiday? Well, DJ Holiday was the summer of my junior year, and mm. um, the lady uh, I forgot her freaking name. I'm so sorry, but she knows who she is at Fort Valley. She was my, my program director at that time, Miss mm. uh, Ellis. God damn it, I remember Miss <laughs> Ellis. She was like, "You need a DJ name. You mm. DJ all the students in the parties. You DJ on the campus." You host events, you host step shows, but you don't have a fucking name. It was right what were you calling yourself before that? My name's Robert Avery, so it was like Avery. <laughs> Big or, Rob? Oh, it was Big Avery, Rob. yeah. It was Avery or whatever. And then she named me DJ Holiday. It was a random-ass day. I think I stayed home. It was like supposed to be like Christmas break or something. And I that's when I used to go down there because there was so many kids and shit. I never wanted to go really home. I hated like being home, being still. Mm-hmm. You know? and, I, and I was like, um, I hosted a party that weekend for like the – Hundred and three hundred students that was there, and I, you know, it was great. And um, somebody called up, and I was doing the phone line calls, and they was like, "Hey, holiday." Well, not holiday. It was like, "Hey, oh man, that was a great party you did last night." Da, 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 da. And she was like, "Oh man, you killing it over the holidays." Mm. And I was like, "Holiday." Hmm. I said, "Well, I need a DJ name." It was very close. It was DJ Fist. For like two seconds. Fist? Because I pack a punch. It was stupid. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was corny as shit. I know. Yeah, I, I, I told this story, but DJ Holiday, I think I asked a couple girls that I liked at the time, and then I asked a couple of my friends. My football friends didn't give a fuck. They was like, nigga, you're not doing music. Right. And, but it, but I was like, DJ Holiday. It just stuck with me one night. It was like, I am just, it rolls off your tongue. It's smooth. It don't sound goofy. Right. Like it's hard, and yeah. I was like in my head, I was like, yo, if I get a couple of some gangster hard ass niggas, <laughs> DJ Holiday would like that shit. Well, sound like no, it felt like sounded some like mafia yeah, shit, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, Holiday, yeah. like that's smooth, but you know he ain't no bitch, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, so yeah, I get it, but I it still it. it feel good for the ladies too, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why that's why I roll with it. And then I asked Miss Ellis, and she said that's your name. Mm. And then after that. We got flyers and posters, and it was DJ Holiday, and that was it. And it's marketable. And right. it was marketable, yeah. I didn't even think about the Christmas aspect of it. But yeah. I just knew if you had a hard-ass drop, that was it. So I I, Dramas was uh, Lil John's at the time, and mm-hmm. I, you know, Full Circle Drama did mine. So, mm-hmm. But I had a, a bunch of other ones that were cool, too. So Plush Blue... That that's and that's when you're back in Atlanta, right? Back in Atlanta, got I got a year. A clock mm. is on me. I got mm. a year to fucking figure it out. And I'm living in my mama's basement. I'm carrying equipment to these hole in the wall little joints on Glenwood. Mm-hmm. I'm DJing from fucking nine to three in the morning, nigga, for one fifty. <laughs> mm. No that cap, cause yeah. like, oh man, I, I was like, this, I, this is my life, nigga. I ain't getting shit done in life. <laughs> but I'm DJing, and I like right. this is the only time I'm happy when I'm playing music, playing and, music. and working at the airport. You know, what I'm saying? I was I was a nigga that when your plane pull up, I threw the bags in mm. and out. And oh. this is this is what. 2000s? Like the beginning? Yeah, early yeah. Two? it was six. Two, 2006. Six, oh, seven. seven-ish. And then, hold on, and then I'm working in the hood clubs and Zaytoven walks in. So, and Zaytoven so, changes my life. And Plush Blue at the same time. So imagine those two hitting at the same time. 
What so before we get into the Zaytoven story, East Side's real heavy. What clubs were you rocking at out here? It was uh God damn it, Mars, I don't remember. Those clubs <laughs> probably don't exist anymore. It was they probably hood don't. in the it was some hood hole in the wall shit, bro. The, the like, gate, a, like that was nah, after the it gate, wasn't right? no big nothing. It wasn't nothing big, bro. Nothing. I was the opener because I was the nigga that opened for you when you came. <laughs> so and I know I watched you many times at a lot of clubs, but no, I, I was the opener and I was Perfectly fine with that. So you're that nine to twelve. I'm nine to all night. <laughs> I'm a hustler, bro. I didn't give. I just wanted to be known, and, mm-hmm. and and I, you know, that's it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I just wanted to. I just remember so much wanting to DJ for more than like a hundred people. Because mm. I just any little crowd. If I seen three people dancing, I was excited, bro. Mm. And I never I let it. go of that. You know, mm-hmm. I've DJed for millions of people, hundreds of thousands of people, summer jams, all type of shit. But I've never let go of that feeling that makes me feel in my heart and my goosebumps I get when just a couple group of people are dancing because I'm controlling what's going on. Mars mm-hmm. understands that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so we get out of the clubs, or you're still in the clubs on the yeah. east side. Zaytoven. Mm-hmm. Zaytoven introduces me, uh, well, to Gucci, but Zaytoven asks me, what else do you do? And you know, I, I think it was a relationship of Zay coming up there playing music, mm-hmm. like everything. He, I, I I offer my services to him as of, hey man, I know you're a producer. I know who you are. I've heard you drop before, but if you got anything that comes out, whatever, come up here and you can listen to it, mm-hmm. and I'll play. I don't give a fuck what it sound like. Mm-hmm. So he was doing that, and then he invited me to his house, mm-hmm. and then I knew the people that was around him, and I was like, damn, you know, my my in my mental note of the blueprint of being a mixtape DJ. You gotta connect yourself with a dope artist, mm-hmm. up and coming artist, whatever. And Gucci Man was, you know, on uh, fire. Well, he wasn't on fire, fire. It was black t shirt. It was, uh, and I think um, I'm icy. Jihad just came out. Mm. So this is early, early. Yeah, it's early. This mm. is me and him, and I'm, but I'm at the house, damn near like an intern. I'm getting chicken. I'm getting blunts. I'm mm-hmm. getting whatever niggas need. When the white hummer's there, I need to be there to make sure that I'm there. You know. Provide my services, and mind you, I'm telling Gucci like, "Hey, man, whatever you do, or we record. Let's t- I'll take it to the studio, and I'm I'll take it to the club and play it right now." Mm-hmm. And I always try to beg him to make like follow me back to the club, and he would never come because unless he was getting paid. But he, he came like once, and then that was like I was the king of that shit. That, mm-hmm. that a couple like two weeks when he came, I made him come. <laughs> I gave him free drinks, everything. But then, in that same time, I met. Kobe and uh, all those guys at Plush Blue, mm-hmm. and I presented my I, my services there, saying, "Hey, I'm a DJ, and I'm pretty much a dude. I'm already doing it for dirt cheap, so yeah, man, I'm doing it for y'all too." Mm-hmm. But they wasn't on that shit. They're like, "No, nah, we gonna blow up as bosses all together," mm-hmm. and that's what's the transition when I really made money because I went from making three hundred dollars a week, I mean a month, to fifteen hundred, two thousand every Saturday in my life. Mm-hmm. That's when you transition from the east side to yeah downtown downtown, downtown. house, house, nightclub. house nightclub. Uh, it was over. I remember house nightclub. That was <clears throat> that was it. That was that that was the changing moment in my life that I prayed for. I, mean, I never prayed for finance. Mm-hmm. Never prayed for finance. I think that you could be under a bridge. You could be fucking on crack. You could be on top of all type of weird shit. And it's very a lot of people that's less fortunate. So I just pray for opportunities when doors for open. Mm-hmm. And, and if my opportunity presents itself and I can do my damn thing, I'm gonna do it. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm gonna Respect seize the that. moment for sure. Respect that. So, so. You, you're, you're you're downtown and then the musical taste of the party people downtown is different from the east side. Yeah. Different from the west side. Because yeah. downtown 
is the mixture of the transplants as well as the ATLNs. Well, see, the thing about that, Mars, I didn't have to adjust because I'm starting out with them. And they don't even know their crowd yet. They just know they're promoting to the high school and well, not high school. College. They're promoting to Clark, mm-hmm. CAU, and, and Morehouse and, and, and Morris Brown at the time. Mm-hmm. So whatever I play, I play. Period. So I think that's what made me different. I played. I don't think I played like no other DJ because I I went downstairs outside like scouting y'all to see what y'all played and shit in the club. Mm-hmm. I played what I like. So that was a lot of Master P, a lot of cash money, mm-hmm. a lot of booty shaking shit from Luke and, um, and Kilo. Mm-hmm. And then the shit I wanted to break was Gucci. Mm-hmm. And that's all I cared about. Mm-hmm. So that made me unique, I think, in my own sense. Like, I broke what I wanted to break, but then I also knew what hits and songs to play. Because mm-hmm. I was a student of the game, bro. I literally was at the record store every fucking day getting tapes from you guys and tapes from fucking Jelly Them. Mm-hmm. And I was <clears throat> breaking them shits down. Mm-hmm. Finding the songs and making them my own. So, you know, that's so, what it was. I, I know that period that you're talking about. It it That new sound. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Scream on here and he was talking about how he was relative to like the Trillvilles yeah. and all that. And I definitely remember you being synonymous with with like with, the, with Gucci, right? So if you had yeah. if you had Scream with Trillville, drum with Jeezy, Jeezy you were yeah, like like I was with Gucci. Was yeah, Gucci. I saw Gucci's ain't told me. Yeah, Gucci's ain't told me OJ. Exactly. I saw DJs attaching this or a movements attaching to DJs and and I could put like that sound next to you, right? Mm-hmm. So I felt like your attachment with with Kobe's crowd, well, y'all's crowd, because y'all built it together. Yeah. Um, it grew like like the the students weren't ahead of y'all. Y'all weren't y'all weren't like the same age, and I saw it and I watched it. Yeah. Um, so like like we're definitely gonna get into this. Like there's other artists that you were attached to. Yeah. OJ. Definitely relative yeah, to, yeah. to Gucci. That like Zaytoven's house, and I mind you, bro. Like I said, I, I really feel like God is telling me like to really like get with somebody to write a script, bro. Because mm. I feel like that moment in time, bro, will never be touched again, man. Mm-hmm. It, it was just unreal. Like Zaytoven's house, his mom's basement, mm-hmm. man, bro. Gucci man, Zaytoven, a freaking OJ, Waka Flocka, young at a young age, don't even want to do music. Mm. Freaking Yo Gotti. Uh, young Ralph Rocco when he was just doing real estate and, and hustling and shit mm. and telling us the first time he met Monica shit like <laughs> like no bro I'm not playing like wow. it's a moment in time down there dog mm-hmm. and I remember that shit and I was just a fly on the wall slash intern slash doing whatever I could do to fit in but <laughs> it, it came from there mm-hmm. it grew from that mm-hmm. that woman's basement so when did you start to do tapes I did tapes then. I was I was doing tapes. You know, I was creating my own tapes because I was going back and forth to Supersonic telling them like, yo, bro, can you please put my tape in the store mm-hmm. or put it in the front for that matter? But right. they never would because I learned at that time you need exclusive. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was around whopping uh, and Zeta most times like saying, yo, give me the throwaways. I'm mm-hmm. going to put them just on this tape. I don't give a fuck it's mixed and master. Let me just <laughs> throw this shit on here. Like, it's, it's, it's a, because my first shit went out of their season. It was called Street Judgment. Mm-hmm. And Street Judgment, I, I think I had like one or two Gucci Man songs on there that, that nobody gave a fuck about. Mm-hmm. It was like, I'm damn near like freestyle. But they were on there. And I sold that. And then as that shit got bigger and bigger and bigger, um, the Gucci Man official first mixtape EA Sports Center came out. Mm-hmm. And EA Sports Center changed my life because that was the full 
15, 20 songs of Gucci Man, my drop, him talking, me talking. Mm. And I was like, yo, this is my intro. This is I can't blow this moment. Mm. But I also it's had a big moment. And I, <laughs> big but moment. I also had the aspect of Kobe and them guys doing this party. So I was able to put out my mixtape and throw my own mixtape release party. Mm. And With then, the audience. It, oh yeah, With man. Audience, it was yeah. it was like it's a magical moment. Cause up guys, y'all got the relationships, but then they don't know how to set up and do a party and shit like that. Right. I'm I am i am one phone call away calling my guys like, oh man, look, bro, it's over life changing. We here. Mm. Like we, we got a book Gucci man. I'm gonna find out what he want. You know what I'm saying? And and, and that's we played off that shit big and and so on top of that, with the success of House, it was just, a, it was just, man, it was like a dream, bro. So the EA Sports was before you got with Drama, before you got the affiliates. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when did you get with the affiliates and get with Drama? Affiliates, man, at that time, like I said, Drama was just, uh, you know, that guy. And I, I think I was an intern at Hot. Uh, shout out to Sticks Malone. Sticks Malone put me oh, in that Sticks, building. Shout out to Sticks. And, um, you know, Drama put me, I mean, uh, Sticks put me in the building uh, with, with Hot, and I was an intern there. And learned, like I said, I keep saying intern, guys. I, I really... I remember. I remember. I was working. I at, interned I a lot. I remember. But, uh, yeah, but Drum, um, he noticed me. He told me, you know, he, he see the parties I was throwing and shit with Plush Blue. He heard of ES, uh, EA Sports Center because Bricks was on it, mm. and Bricks was getting bigger and bigger as my single. That's the first time I learned what a single is, a, mm. a, a, um, a song with my name in it. Um, but uh, Drum just, you know, he was like, "You want to be a part of the affiliates?" And I was like, "Hell yeah!" You know, if I could learn, you know, from you guys, I definitely want to be a part of it. So I jumped on that boat, and um, I learned a lot, man, from those guys. Structure, you know, persistence, uh, you know, not giving a fuck, uh, trying, <laughs> no, trying things. No, definitely, bro, like. And just knowing that you're not, you know, it's like graduating from high school, going to college. Mm-hmm. You know, these are the big motherfuckers. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. these are these are That's the NBA. So, right. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it was totally different. When I got mm-hmm. there, it was like, all right, little nigga, you had your little mixtape fun. Like, nigga, do another one. Right. Mm-hmm. No, get another. No, it was that. Right. Because mm-hmm. I wanted them to be proud of me. Like, oh, man, look what I accomplished. Right. And they were like, nigga, all right, do it again. <laughs> so that's when you started the holiday season. I know you had the holiday yeah. season with DJ Drama. Yeah. Talk about that. OJ the Juice, man. Me and Drama, that was me pitching him ideas of the people I fuck with, right. bringing it in my world. We did culinary art school, and um, you know, having those affiliate drops in my mind, I just thought that was a. I mean, on my tapes, I just thought that was like a certified stamp. Mm-hmm. It, it definitely made me, was. It made me feel like I was at next level. I, I graduated. You know, a lot of my niggas in the hood didn't want me to do it because mm-hmm. they was like, "Oh, nigga, you from Atlanta? You the home nigga? You you, you need this rep for the city?" And, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Nah, bro, this is like going to the." Grammys, bro. Right. For me as a DJ, like, so I'm doing this. And then when all the uh, the rage shit happened, I think we kind of like, you know, uh, kind of broke apart and shit. Because mm-hmm. the last, I think the last two guys they even let come in was me and Infamous. Mm-hmm. And then after that, yeah, after it was that, it was right. kind of like it broke apart. Gotcha. And so, then and going my own way. Part of part of being a dope DJ is having access to talent, but yeah. then being able to decipher who the talented is, right? Yeah, for sure. Let's say we all get the same records. There's some DJs who's not going to be able to pick out a hit record from right. them 20 records we all get in the mail. Right. But like you knew early on OJ was going to be hot. Before the world knew, you knew Nikki was going to be hot. Or mm. you trusted Nikki. I trusted Dale. Nobody mm. took nobody took Nikki serious. All the way, mm-hmm. it, like everything Deb say goes. You know, she's mm-hmm. the end all be all in that building at the same at that time mm-hmm. for for for. Brick Explain Squad. who Deb is. Deb Deb Anthony uh, uh, Walker's mom. Mm-hmm. She ran Brick Squad. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, she was Gucci's manager, OJ's manager, 
Walker when he first kicked off, but mm-hmm. nobody really was paying attention to Walker at the time all the way. Mm-hmm. He just was like the young guy that was around, but he would come back to the studio and tell us everything that happened in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if your son was doing good. Type gotcha. shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Nikki came from New York and she was just there on the dub. And, you know, I think she was just trying to find a way. And um, we had some amazing times, man, you know, and then I was just tapped upon and I keep hearing other little stories about it was supposed to be somebody else's tape, but it was always my tape. Mm. So, <laughs> talk about the Beam Up Talk about that. Talk about the Beam Up Scotty. Talk about that mixtape. I, I don't, because I keep hearing that it was supposed, like Deb said, it was supposed to be, what well, somebody said it was supposed to be another DJ's tape. And I, Who's I, the DJ? Well, drama. They said it was supposed to be drama's um, tape. And, mm. and, and, and I, and I I did my backstory on that, and I just heard it. It, it mean it was always gonna be my tape. I, mm. I, I, I even pitched it. It was supposed to be both of ours. Mm. You know, I just wanted the best for Nikki at the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But then I, I don't know all the details of why it didn't get done. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I don't know if money was involved, or anything like mm-hmm. that. I just didn't. I wasn't. I was just trying to do whatever I could do to help Nikki because I really was sold into Nikki's old vision of what she was trying to be. Mm-hmm. So so we, we were talking about this off camera. So, you know, she, she says the phrase, I'm, I'm probably going to mess the quote up, mm-hmm. the first chick to make a million off of mixtape. Yeah, that no, was your tape. That right? was her only mixtape, mm-hmm. still to date, and mm-hmm. I salute that because mm-hmm. and she told me she wasn't going to do, you know, mixtape. She wasn't going to, she said, this. all they're going to want is this, and then after this, I'm going to get a deal, and I'm going to have an album, and my album's going to sell millions of copies. So how did and that's exactly how she said it. So how did okay the phrase make the first make a million off mixtape? Mm-hmm. How did that occur? Like because at the time we she again, said she made a million off a of mixtape because that mixtape catapulted her to the next to, level. Okay. So you knew her talents so were. She wasn't referring to sales. Well, I, no, because we didn't sell it. But mm-hmm. now it's sold. It's selling now. It's it's like we put it on DSPs. Uh, Couple years back, mm-hmm. right around before the pandemic or after the pandemic, but yeah, and it, is, it did relatively well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get the pub checks, but um, you know, at that time, no, no, we were just it was just out. But it, that's what catapulted her to the next level, where she was started getting booked and things. Now I remember her asking me like, "Yo, Puff want to sign me?" I was mm-hmm. like, "Damn, Puff Daddy want to sign you?" And she was like, "Yeah," but then also Lil Wayne want to sign me. Mm-hmm. Which one you think is better? And I said, Lil Wayne. Mm. For sure, not no disrespect to Puff, Puff my guy, but mm-hmm. Lil Wayne just had all that uh, energy. The, the, energy. Those men, those mixtapes, <sighs> just freestyles over freestyles. He was flooding and, at the time. He was a man. And then at the time. I, you know, I had ears to the streets that I heard he, uh, he, he, he was building that whole Young Money thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he had a uh, kid Drake and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. nobody knew Drake was at the time. Even mm-hmm. Nicki was talking about that, and it was just amazing, man. I was like, man, you got to be go with the juice. What's going on? So right. that was just perfect move for her. I think that time was a perfect time for you because I think you came up like oh eight oh nine. Mm-hmm. You got you know DJ mixtape of the uh, DJ of mix DJ of the year. Man, and when I woke up, I woke up and was watching MTV and that shit. They said that shit on. You me. didn't know. You didn't know. They didn't call me and say nothing. <laughs> I was sleep in my mm-hmm. bed, bro, and I was watch. I always watch MTV because I watch the videos, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And I just every TV in my house played videos, and, mm-hmm. and I remember waking up. And it was like mixtape of the year, DJ Holiday, and it was showing me and just videos and Nicki mm. and shit like that. I was like, "What the fuck?" And then I called my guy. He was like, "Yeah, man, you won." And I was like, "What?" Wow. And then Rob Markman called me and all those guys, and, and that's when I got to do uh, a page in Double uh, XL and mm-hmm. things like that. And yeah, I was just that was crazy. That was a crazy moment. That's when MTV used to do the Monday mixtape. They used to highlight yeah. the mixtapes on yeah, Monday. Yeah, I was flying. They was flying me to New York like every mm-hmm. weekend. To, 
highlight mixtapes and, and I was feeding their ass shit because mm. I was really giving them the insight on Atlanta because I did Alley Boy, mm. Trouble, mm. fucking, you know, the Chief Keef mm-hmm. shit, you know, everything, bro. I was like, yo, I'm taking the cameras to Chicago. Like, mm-hmm. and then we was doing that. Like, and that shit was amazing, bro. Like, that's how we was moving. I think 08, 09, that era of mixtape era was the last great era of mixtapes yeah. when it comes to it putting was. artists on. Because, I mean, think about the artists that came out that time. Drake, Nicki Minaj, yeah. Wiz Khalifa. yeah. J. Cole, yeah. Kendrick Lamar, Nipsey yeah. Hussle, Big Crit. That's uh, your summer jam. That's <laughs> right there. It's a summer jam. And yeah. I'm, I'm forgetting Wale, Big Sean. All these artists came out around 08, 09, 010, around that time. And that's when you came up to as well. So, I mean, it just. Yeah. That literally was the last yes, great, great era run. of artists that came through off the And listen, and, and, I, and I honestly say, I say that was a moment in time, bro, because. I really can't give it to nobody else after us, bro. Like I said, that there that, is nobody. Like, else. That the ceiling hit and it, that whole operation shut down after that. Mm-hmm. You know because it just wasn't meant to be. But you know, I, I, I salute to. Um, I give it to Esco did good with Future. Yes, you know, yeah. but, but that was it. Yeah. After that, I can't give it to nobody. Esco, Esco didn't have a. a no, nah, he didn't have run. He didn't have a mixtape run. All mixtape. Me and Gucci. Yeah, the king. I, 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 he was rocking yeah. with Future. But he didn't have a yeah, run but like he that. But, but that that connection of. DJ artist mm-hmm. was strong. They, they yeah, I remember mm-hmm. they. I seen they come up to mm-hmm. you know, and then he got to do the residency in Vegas. And, yeah, he and killed then, that. And then fucking you know, future became fucking god. You know, speaking <laughs> speaking back about that era, let's talk about Wiz Khalifa. You doing Cabin Fever? Yeah, figure too. Talk about that. How'd you link with Wiz Khalifa? I'm working on Cabin Fever Four right now. No, I'm supposed to turn it in. I ain't doing it. <laughs> what you doing? They on my ass. It's because I wanted to get back to the essence of Cabin Fever One, mm-hmm. but I did Cabin Fever Two and shot at the cab and. You need to ask me what my favorite mixtape was, but I always say this on interviews. Cabin Fever 2 was my favorite mixtape. That you did. And I'm sorry to all the Nicki fans, and I'm sorry to all the Gucci fans, mm-hmm. but y'all got to understand, I love make connecting dots. I'm a connect doctor. Mm-hmm. I'm a connect doctor. I'm a <laughs> dot connector, mm-hmm. and I, I enjoy the hustle and the bustle of put, getting something done at the end of the week when you start mm-hmm. on Monday. Mm-hmm. And that Wiz Khalifa mixtape, that was... A fucking three month ordeal of going to Pittsburgh, doing these hella dope ass parties, but then finding out who the next guy was, and everybody telling me ain't nobody out here. And then I go find Wiz Khalifa mm. at a club, and he's doing white parties only. And I heard he doesn't even fuck with the black crowd like that. Mm. And you probably can't make him come to no black club, and I made him come to a black club. Mm. And then he, then I seen one of his shows, and I'm like, this nigga's fucking Aerosmith, mm. like for real. And this is right before Black and Yellow. This is Cushion Orange Shoes at the time. Okay. Mm-hmm. I dive deep into that. I become a fucking weed Wiz Khalifa fan all the way. And then I, I just everything lined up. I never forget we did a party in 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 L. A. for BT Weekend. I was DJing this. Now everybody's there: Drake, Chris Brown, Ti, and you know what I do. To show my love and respect and salute to him because I'm such a fan of time, I play like three records off Cushion Oranges. And mm. every crowd look at me, the whole crowd look at me like, what the fuck are you doing? Who's this? And I'm like, it's that nigga right there. He's about to be the next big superstar. And then boom. Mm. And boom. boom. Black and yellow. Mm. We them boys. All that shit. And everybody was looking like, oh my fucking God, this nigga did it again. And that's why I was like, oh yeah, I'm special, bro. <laughs> no, I'm better I said because I took a chance, but and, 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 and Wiz will never let that down. He always remind me, like, bro, you remember you did that for me? I was like, mm. yeah, bro, I told I said, but that was your moment. And I it was my job and my 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 opportunity for me to show people, like, no, nah, nigga, I, y'all, y'all here, y'all get money, y'all me in there. But that motherfucker there, he's gonna be the next one too. Mm. So what's Why? the what's the process? Right, so let, let's say Wiz, you fly up to Pittsburgh mm. day one, you know, 
what's the process like when you when you're doing a tape with an artist? Because that's different than you just pulling 20, 30 records out of your your Serato or whatnot. But this is your in the studio with the guy mm. from day one to day done. What is it like? Is this all like you know? With him, it's a lot of weed. It was, it was out. Yeah, it's very difficult to stay common. Like you think you all oh, we buy business today, and then it turned into you getting fucking high as shit, and you sleep. You wake up the next morning, but no, we we uh, it's just I didn't get the essence of what I wanted out of him for that mixtape because it was all kind of like he told me like oh here's eighty records, pick ten, mm-hmm. you know, and I had to do that, and and then I you know I think we went more of a West Coast kind of. Vibe because he wanted to, you know, he had just moved to the West Coast mm-hmm. um, from Pittsburgh. He doesn't live there, but um, and and it got had a real big Bay Area feeling at the time. And then trouble, uh, not trouble, but um, problem had helped me out at that time a lot mm-hmm. with that tape mm-hmm. and just putting stuff together. But I I was so happy, man, and, and appreciative of doing it. But the one I'm working on now, Cabin Fever Four, uh, that nobody really knows about now, but until now, um, this is going to fuck up everything because it's all. Lex Luger beats and mm. 808 Mafia beats. And I had to go fucking find these dudes. Mm. And not not 808, but yeah, Lex Luger. Y'all ain't heard from Lex Luger in a while. <laughs> Lex Luger did like seven of these beats. Mm. And that motherfucker was like, what? Me? I was like, yeah, you know why? Because Cabin Fever 1, after it had Cushion Orange cut, Cabin Fever 1 was the hardest shit. Them 808s was fucking amazing Hidden. on that shit. Whew. I said, can you do that again, bro? Like, let's just, let's just change the sound. I know everything is all melodic and uh, and just crazy ass, and then the beat changing in the middle of the song and shit. I said, man, let's just go hard ass eight oh eight from the start. And just fuck up everything. Like let's go, and we that's what we doing. And and Wiz is rapping on that motherfucker. I went to the Wiz and um, Snoop show a couple weeks back, and I played it for him in his dressing room. He put me on the spot like a bitch because I told him I wasn't done. <laughs> He's like, yo, play this shit for the room, and it was like sixty people in there mm-hmm. played it, and everybody was gonna be like, oh my fucking god. And then I guess he went and told the label. Now everybody's like, "Oh, when you gonna turn it in?" But I don't want to be rushed. So <laughs> it's it, the process is you find because I'm getting to a point. You you find the producer, um, get the cook yeah, the beats, get the beats, then turn them, them to him. So essentially, you are a and R in yeah, our project. Yeah, 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 hundred. No, I dive all the way in, bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I dive yeah, all the like, way in. I'm not no. I don't play play. Like I. I <laughs> I mean, if you want to give me an A&R title, cool. But no, I, but, you but deserve it. My right. mixtape is my mixtape. It, it ain't. It ain't. You send me twenty beats and then I talk over them. I mean, talk. Send me twenty songs. I talk over mm-hmm. them and then send them back to your engineer. That ain't that. that no, ain't we from scratch with mm-hmm. everything. Scratch. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. The that, process. Like the Nikki Mick being me up. That shit was two months mm-hmm. in the studio in Blue Room mm-hmm. every fucking night. Mm-hmm. Learning about her, learning about her mom, learning about her, you know, brother, learning about Queens, her New family. York. Yeah, well, I didn't everything. know what Southside Jamaica Queens was. I ain't, I don't go to New York every time. I go to New York for, <laughs> you know, for Manhattan and fucking, you know, Times Square. Mm-hmm. But I learned all that shit. You know, where to go get a, you know, chopped cheese and shit like that. So mm. I think, I think, you know um, what a bodega was. I think <laughs> people don't understand the, you know, that's what we're getting in this interview. I think people don't understand the. Time and the effort, oh, the time and the effort, and the, yeah, set, for sure. the science that goes behind a tape, from the title to the specific sound of the music to mm. to because you, I remember you said you said uh, he was going for like a Pacific Northwest sound, like a Northern California. Yeah, he he had a, he had a plan. Like I want to attack the West Coast. I want to mm. be huge on. I want to be Snoop mm-hmm. of the West. Mm-hmm. I got the weed. I got the brand, but I want to mm. be Snoop. 
Yeah. I want to be the wet. So I'm like, okay, well, we're going to tap into that. Mm-hmm. And these conversations and these Zooms happen because of this type of stuff. Like, I said, there's a lot of work goes into it. Y'all have no idea. Like, you do the Usher show, you do an amazing job, but I'm mm-hmm. sure a lot of work goes into that shit. Mm-hmm. But when I got there for Showtime, that shit was perfection. Mm-hmm. I had the best time and I spent all that fucking money on them tickets. <laughs> but I, I appreciate it because it was a great show. Right. And you like, you want people to feel good leaving away with something mm-hmm. when, when they attend something. When I spend my hard-earned money, bro, like I want to be happy that I spent that shit. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? And I mean, the, and that, tri- that feeling is translated back with the fans yeah. and their the love of the tape. So yeah. it's not just... Okay, here's ten songs. He makes them. He talks. No, this is a curated yeah. event mm-hmm. that a takes show. a month, two months, mm, a couple years. It's a years. baby. It's a baby. Yeah, it, and, and crazy about people always ask me that. I don't listen to my mixtape after it come out. I understand that. Mm. I think that's lying. <laughs> I'm not riding around listening to myself. Like, you <laughs> listen to your voice. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I don't listen to my shit. I just I I, I seen like Tom Cruise. Or, one of those dope ass actors was like, nah, I ain't never watched my movies. I was mm-hmm. like, ah, right, yeah, that's pretty cool. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't listen to my mixtapes. I don't. So once I've never listened to Writing on the Wall in its entirety. I've never listened to BMO Scotty in its entirety. Mm. I swear to God, I couldn't tell you what song after another song. Do you? Do you? Obviously, because you're a DJ and you play yeah, globally. Yeah, yeah. Do you listen to the songs? Like, is there like, like okay, so let's take Writing on the Wall with yeah, Gucci. Yeah. Is there a favorite song from a tape? Hell you, yeah. yeah. Okay. Because the fans picked it, but I mm. knew it was going to be big. Right. First day out. Mm. First day out is a fucking Bible to hood niggas. Mm-hmm. I started off my day with a blunt of perk. No pancakes, a cup of syrup. I can close my eyes right now and see him saying that. Because mm. he did that shit one take. One and he, take. he did it the first day he got out of jail. Me and Shawty Lowe, God bless the dead. Shawty Lowe, we met him at a right, or well, not right street. It was a full team. And we met him. Is that the same one? Sorry. Yeah, we met him. Know, at, we, we had, well, <laughs> it was the one in Decatur, mm. right off uh, Memorial. Memorial, right off the highway. That's the one. We met him there, and mm-hmm. he got out straight to the studio, took a shower, got some food, met the studio, and that's the first song he did. He did that shit in one take. Mm. One take, whole verse, second ad-libs. Never mm. forget that shit. I looked at Zay like, boy. Wow. He ready. This is it. <laughs> this is this is like Megatron Gucci, man. I don't know what the fuck finna happen to this. And it's in his book. Mm-hmm. He said it like, yo, look at how they face. I swallowed that nigga like, bro, what the fuck? Mm. Did you, like, did you, was you saving that shit? And mm. that song to this day, every time I hear it, it I, I just, I close my eyes. And I just remember him in the booth. Mm-hmm. He did that shit one take. It, like, like moments like, like that um, justify the $10, $20, whatever, or, I mean, whatever a fan is paying for the tape mm-hmm. because those are experiences they, that they wouldn't have gotten from the album. Mm-hmm. They they went and they went and got it and and to your credit those experiences are curated because of their need and their want to perform with you perform yeah. meaning put the tape together yeah so those special moments if if let's say if you didn't do I'm making this up because I don't know but let's say if you didn't do beam me up Scotty right then he may have, that may have not inspired him to do a tape but I because I've seen artists say yo I wanted to do it I wanted to get big enough to do a tape with Holiday, Bobby Black, Scream, yeah. Drum. So, so to your credit, like a lot of what you did made it so that these guys could do yeah. what they do because they wouldn't have they wouldn't have done, done it. Yeah, and you know what's so crazy about it, bro? I don't I, like he broke it down to a science, and I don't think about it like that. <laughs> but I mean, you should. I just oh yeah, I just wanted to be consistent and never just be flat. 
Mm. I just wanted to just work, 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 and just I engulf myself in just working mm. and just doing everything. Like to be a part of this book is a blessing, but it's like I never stopped. And I haven't even stopped to this day. Mm. Bro. I'm still, I still wake up just like I woke up for Beam Me Up, Scotty, and just like I woke up for Writing on the Wall and all the other things I'm doing. Now I got Hollapaloozas and I got a label since 19 and I got I'm working on Cabin Fever Four. Thank God, I'm you know I'm still doing what I want to do and I'm, mm. I'm I'm booked. I check my schedule; it's packed. And like mm. I'm, I'm I'm good, bro. And it's like, but that just come from just being consistent. you know humble and consistent and just you know praying, bro. You know, so. like when I first started to hear about you, I think I think the first DJ that mentioned. You to me was Cersei. I believe. Yeah, Cersei, my and God. I believe Shout it was Cersei. Cersei. Shout out to Cersei, man. I got some Cersei fucking <laughs> stories, <laughs> dog. And Essos. <laughs> man, I used to open for that nigga, man. That nigga, bro, I, I'm blessed, bro. I'm a different type of nigga, man. Essos, 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 no, because, yeah, yeah because I got the like, I learn, I love learning from big dogs like mm. Mars and shit. Man, I got a Mars story. Mars, I ain't remember this shit, bro. But I remember I just begged that nigga like, I just want to be in the DJ booth with you at fucking Compound, nigga. Mm. Vision, Visions. sorry. And, and just, and he left that's, me. That small ass booth. Man, I don't give a fuck, though. You DJ Mars. Right. And I was like, man, that's super friend motherfucker, man. That's the nigga. I want to be up under him, like, and he was like, he he did. I know who you is, little nigga, and he didn't kick me out. <laughs> but even with um Nabs, Nabs, Nabs kicked me out of his booth, <laughs> and that's cool. And I always, I told, I always joke him, but Nabs kicked me out of the mm. booth, bro. Now I was at, I think it was a club. Damn, what what, uh, what was that shit? It was called like the weekend the beach. What damn? South Beach. No, nah, that other motherfucking club, man. I forgot what the name of that shit was. Um, but anyway, he kicked me out of that booth, man. <laughs> and I, I never forgot that. But I was like, damn, uh, nah, I, was like, I just, you know. But I wasn't supposed to be there. I, I don't kick niggas playing out of my booth, too. <laughs> yeah. But like I said, with Cersei, Cersei, he just taught me, like, break this record right here. Mm. Now, look at the girls. Mm -hmm. Look at that crowd. Mm -hmm. Shot the birthday girl out. Mm -hmm. and, but he was DJing, but I was talking. Mm -hmm. But he was directing me and telling me everything the fuck How to do. read the room, how to play the read crowd. Read the room, nigga. Keep dancing, man. Fuck mm. these niggas, man. Keep yeah. them dancing. Keep they them don't. Dancing. If they leave, they gonna leave. Yeah. Keep them here so they can stay here. Yeah. And they gonna drink more. And they gonna bring us money. And I'm like, damn. So to a point that you just said. Shout out to him for fucking search. Um, the attribute that that um, he gave you when he first started to talk about you, he was like, you knew how to talk. Yeah. Like you had, you knew, you were, and, and now we're going to get into some DJ shit. Yeah. Like you were a DJ who could talk. That is, now there's a whole bunch of DJs who run their mouth, but they can't talk. And you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> like they'll be, yeah. they'll be in a party just. Yeah, like, it's not saying and, shit. <laughs> not saying shit. It's so annoying. But, but too, like I said, but that comes from Cersei. Mm -hmm. That comes from Don Cannon. Mm -hmm. I give Don, Don Cannon was like, nigga, if you don't DJ and host your own parties, you're a whack DJ. <laughs> he, and I'm sorry, I, I came from the hard knocks of DJs, bro. Right. Like, them niggas was like critiquing me and breaking me down, bro. I remember Drum and Cannon and used to come to my party. I used to do like some little goofy shit on Wednesday. And, <laughs> but it was a whole, it was like a fly little chick. Uh, the women in there were amazing. But that's why they came. But them niggas used to critique the fuck out of me. And I used to get mad when they came. Mm -hmm. They used to talk like, nah, oh, nigga, what kind of transition was that? Man, what they Was the transitions whack or they nah, was just what? It was just like, nigga, we weren't ready to go to the West Coast. Mm. All right, we want to go to New York still. You didn't play Dipset. You didn't play this. You didn't play that. that's and I and I all 
Every time I DJ, I think about that type mm-hmm. of shit. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it ain't time to go there yet. All right, let me see the Caribbean people. They ready to go? No, no, not yet, not yet. Mm-hmm. I, I got like two more New York records I got to play. Because mm-hmm. I know Caribbean. it's a nigga at the bar who going to love when I play the 50 Cent record. Mm-hmm. You know, that type of shit. That's the little stuff that you don't think about. That, but that's all shit that goes around in the DJ's head right? mm-hmm. that you don't think about. And mm-hmm. and, and, and you got to appreciate that shit. That's why you shouldn't come up there and bother us when we like really into our, our Say band. that again. No requests you know allowed. No requests no request allowed. Bro, like don't <laughs> yeah, come up here asking me to play your song or play your homeboy song when I'm deep <laughs> and you see the party lit and you going to come. How did they play this? And I'm like, what is that? Play this song. I'm telling you it's going to go. No, nigga. I ain't never heard of that. But, you know, I don't know, man. You know, that's the club. But we still, yesterday, when you break it down, we still at service. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're here for, to serve them for the weekend or whatever. Let me ask you a question. You be from the east side. How'd you link with Shorty Love from the west side? I know you mentioned him, you know, picking up. Uh, oh, uh, Gucci. 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 Yeah, okay. yeah. Them niggas gambled every weekend in the, yeah, in the studio. Them mm. niggas would shoot dice out. You would lose your fucking lunch money. And them niggas, bro. Mm. They killing. No, I'm talking about like, we literally we get back in from a club. I get my DJ money, Gucci get his money, and then. Charlie Love be like, hey, come to the club. Mm. And nigga, we go to Blue Flame or we go to fucking um, Strokers and fucking gamble until the fucking lights come on. Mm. Yeah, then you can lose them. But Charlie Love from that and then, you know, just relationships, just being cool and being around and being in the mix, man. I always, you know, I, I, and he, he, I never did a, I did a mixtape with him, but it wasn't like a major one. It wasn't like, Hello. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't. Uh, they know. Mm-hmm. I didn't get. I didn't get that one. You know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I. I. Man. Screen. I think Screen, screen got screen, that. Screen, screen got Salute the Screen. Screen got that one. But that one went. With, but I, I. I always knew. I supported Low from afar all the time. I told Gucci like, Yo, Low gonna catch. Mm-hmm. And when that nigga caught they know and caught Dun Dun and and foolish, all, I was yeah. like, oh, I said this nigga out of he here. here. And he and, and, and but we supported. I paid him for a, a hosting. He came to SOs. Mm-hmm. Me and me and Cersei went in there, and begged Abe to get that nigga like twenty thousand. Mm-hmm. Nigga, that was the biggest night there. <laughs> the no, nigga, you couldn't even get off you, fucking you get off twenty, the nigga. <laughs> like I remember that night, nigga. So yeah, we we did that, and you know, man, um, LO was a great guy, man. He supported me all the time, pulled up to anything I did. When I do an opera on Thursdays, he came and shut that bitch down for my all-white party. I never forget that. I didn't even pay him. And he, I mean, this is L.O., you know, like, that's one mm. of them records to this day. You're going to play like Nuck if you buck. Right. Mm-hmm. And he always showed up for me and always mm. supported me, man. But mm. when, when he lost his life, man, that shit just devastated me. I've lost a lot of the, my fucking friends, bro, mm-hmm. that I've seen from day one. Like, I, Dolph, the Dolph stories, man. Those like pierced me so bad because like I said, man, he's just one of those guys, man. He he was dirt down in it and didn't think nobody really cared about him. And he called me from a, no, he wasn't because he was on house arrest. Mm-hmm. And he called me and was like, Bro, I'm I'm young Dolph. I'm from Memphis. I, you know, I ain't got it in them yet, man. But I'm I'm coming, I'm building my shit. Man, I give you, you know, whatever you need to do a mixtape. And I did it. It was cost crunch, cost cost crunchy country. trapping. And I did that tape. He met me at the state line of Tennessee and Georgia and gave me $10,000 in, a, in a, a, a Kroger's grocery bag. Damn. But no, no, no. And then and then I checked the bag um, and it was 20000 in there. Mm. And I said, why would you give me 20000 And he was like, man, I want you to super believe in me, like fuck with me. like." Mm. And then I linked him with Zay. And him and Zay linked up, and that's where Preach came from. Mm-hmm. And then Preach. And, 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 and when Preach dropped, 
he can't. He was able to come and move around. He used to come to Atlanta for the weekend. I swear it would be me and that nigga by ourselves in Harlem nights, and that nigga will pop three balls of Ace of Spade mm. and give it to a birthday girl, and then we'll have two. Mm. And I swear that's how. And, and then he and it just kept going big and big. Right. And, yeah. He's a genuine the guy. Yeah, side by Southwest's and you know A three C's, and then he did every fucking thing mm. he's supposed to do. Right, everything. He's and I just told him, I said your voice is unique. It's gonna catch. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely unique. And I feel like that was another way that you ushered in a new sound. Yeah, man. That wasn't Dolph being even, you know, we when we think of Memphis, we think of Ball and G, we think of three six. Three six. He didn't sound like none of them. None of them niggas, bro. (laughs) I just like the tone of his voice and the cadence, man. That's when I learned about like even listening for artists and shit. Like, you know, Mars, we say we got that ear. I feel like we do because we listen to so much music, Mm -hmm. but I really like be like, yeah, I got that that Jedi ear. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I listen to so I, I, the first 30 seconds of your song, I know. I just know because I know a tempo that I want to be on and what it should feel like. Or if you're saying some dope-ass shit, I feel like people will, um, Get know, will gravitate to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I heard that nigga voice, I was like, man, first of all, your voice got to sound different for me. You mm-hmm. got to say something. Your voice got to sound different. But now, you know, it's so complicated because you got to have social media all the way tight. You know, mm-hmm. it's a real fucking job, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. So mixtapes and then singles, you put out your own projects. Yeah. yeah. Is there God a the holiday album? Well, God bless the mixtape. I put that out by myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had label funding and I had uh, label support, but I wasn't signed to a label that time. I don't think I wanted to be because I just heard they would rape me and take my money and shit. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I put out man an amazing compilation of songs. I had Meek Mill on that motherfucker, T.I., Future. Mm-hmm. That record was yeah. Sweet Rock. It's too yeah, much joy yeah. with uh Man, you know. It's too much record and, 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 I but, love but that, that record. But that, that just shows you the test of time. I didn't even know the fuck I was doing, dog. <laughs> like, I put that shit out. I ain't shoot a video for that motherfucker. Mm. Like, I didn't know how important the budget was to, you know, but T.I. and I, they just supported me because, you know, I had that going and I was on the radio and mm-hmm. all that shit. And I just, you know, I was excited. And I, I thank everybody for being part of that tape. But out of that, out of that tape, flexing. Flexing, um, yes. The song with McConan, mm-hmm. uh, uh the song. I mean, I didn't know that. They said that song was the biggest song in like fucking uh, in the Bay Area or some shit at one point in time. And mm-hmm. uh, I was getting booked in the Bay, nigga, for like a year, nigga, like mm-hmm. hard every Saturday. Mm-hmm. Nigga. So, you know, and I didn't even ever meet McConan and even tell him thank you for that record. Mm-hmm. You know, other than when I broke uh, Tuesday. Tuesday, with Drake yeah. and them. But, um, Another yeah, man. big record. Yeah, so, but no, putting out that, that compilation was amazing, man. It was a great experience. Um, a lot of work, a lot of timing, a lot of calls, a lot of clearances and shit, but I did it myself. But been there from that, and then I you know, I got to deal with Hitco and things like that with L.A. Reed, and I put out Two Seater and, you know, with uh, OJ and, I'm OJ, sorry, uh, Two Chains, not Two Chains, shit. Uh, Quavo and, and 21 Savage. Gotcha. And that record was amazing too. It, it did a lot of great work. So You got a new record now with uh, OT and uh, Wiz? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's just me and Puff talk, man, the top of the year. And he told me, man, if I wasn't exhausted by the end of the year, then I ain't do enough work. Mm. And I, that stuck with me this year. And I just been saying I was going to just be consistent and do shit outside of just all the other things I'm smothered with, like my label since 19 and Hollapalooza and being consistent with that quarterly. Uh, but, you know, and investing in these artists, I do. But something for myself to just feed the fans and make them understand that I'm still here and I'm not going nowhere. And, you know, here's a song, you know, that I had, you know, that I, I didn't 
put all the way together, but I got it done and you know, it got cleared and everything. I'm, I shot a video and it's just visuals and you know, just staying consistent in the circle. Consistent. Yeah, you gotta yeah, do definitely. that. And a great, great song, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people play it. I mean, the, again, the underlying theme that I get from your career is a work ethic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, football. Because you can't, you can't, yeah, you can't, <laughs> you can't survive if you don't do what you do. So just, I'm gonna give the people watching this a little, little bit of, um, background so Brill got to the studio first you got here second I walked in third when I walked in you and your mans were filming a promo video for a party that you're doing in South Carolina so like, Two, well we did three three three, three. Oh, three oh, different ones so they all so get the same in. video it's like Jack. <laughs> yeah. I walked in on the last one I was like god dog like yo homeboy's not stopping like wow. we, we're here to film a podcast while we're f- prepping to film the podcast he's filming three Promo videos for three separate parties, three separate parts C- of the country. Celebrity, celebrity basketball tournament, uh, Orange Crush in South Carolina, and then the A3C joint here. And I just thought y'all had dope decor, so I just, you know, <laughs> just like, why not? Take advantage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and then when I leave here, I'm going to a meet for Revolt, and then I'm going to another meeting at three and. And then I pick up my babies if I got time, and, mm-hmm. and that's it, man. And we shut it down around like nine or ten because we we're in the studio, man. Yeah. So, so you know, as we as we roll out, um, to wrap up the show. I just want to. I never said this to you. Yeah. Well, I'm saying it now, like your work ethic again is incredible. Like yeah, that's, yes. that is, because we got a bunch a bunch of DJs. You got a bunch of DJs who are actually good. Then you got to so. DJs, I never, good DJs, I never, DJs who work hard. Yeah, I never wanted to be good. I always wanted to be great. I'm not. I never said I was the best scratcher. Mm-hmm. I don't do this shit with my nose, <laughs> around my back. That's fine. But you know, I know how to play records. I don't slam them. I I, th- I like to be gentle and, mm-hmm. and introduce them the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, by the way, there's Jazz, Jazzy Jeffs and there's fucking, you know, there's a. Uh, um, fucking Kid Capri's mm-hmm. and there's Mars's and there. them niggas is dope. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm a fan of them motherfuckers. But mm-hmm. uh, holiday is holiday. But you know I do my thing and I appreciate all that man because like I said it's just a no quit attitude, consistency and I got all that from football and the early things we talked about. Right. You know those are the things I, I cherish in my business, man. I, I, now I'm in a moment in my life where I feel like these next couple years of what I'm doing have to set me up to be on some chill shit. Because I like, mm. I'm like, you know, I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm not doing this when I'm 60. <laughs> I want to, I, w- I want to have investments that I can check. I would love to have a club and you know, go in a club and check, you know, just mm-hmm. have get the vibes. I want to be a part of the vibe, but not in you always know, in the in vibe. vibe. Yeah, so that and then building this this multi million dollar business, I, I know Hollapalooza will be because you know Rolling Loud, uh, I'm a fan of that. But I, I really got to dive deep into that and find out what they was on, how they got that going. Mm-hmm. Now Hollapalooza can be that for me. Talk mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, Hollapalooza is just a concert series I started maybe uh, like seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a trial, but you know at the same time it's it's business, it's work. Um, you know, I, I build a platform and an opportunity for guys to come and perform mm-hmm. uh, for millions of people, uh, you know, online, but also just, you know, um, and we try to piggyback off of things that's going on in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Rolling Loud is in Miami. We go to Miami. Mm-hmm. A3C is here. We come here. Uh, South by Southwest is in Texas. We go to Texas. But what we're doing is, you know, you got Burger King, you got McDonald's. 
You know, everybody can't goddamn go to the big show. Mm-hmm. There's, there's some niggas who gonna go be with some other niggas, and I know people who are in entourages and shit, and everybody can't perform. So, Hollapalooza's for you. Mm. You know, we're gonna give you that light. But, you know, I'm very proud to say that we produce Lil Dirts, we produce Young Dolphs, we produce uh, A Boogies with the Hood, we produce fucking, uh, who's the last one, my, uh, Mike, uh, Big Boogie, mm. you know, and I'm happy because mm. I'm doing my job. Right. So. Mm. You know, and then we got investors in there asking questions, and you know, we're excited, man. And since 19 is my label, you know, I, you know, I'm not all the way, all the way super. You know, we ain't going crazy, crazy. We just got two or three artists that's making a lot of noise in the city, man, and mm-hmm. we're excited, man. And uh, we got a staff and shit, man. We on that phone every fucking day, cause <laughs> man, it's, it's exhausting, bro. You know, it's a lot, man. My wife always get on me like, don't overstress yourself and shit. But I be like, man, somebody got to pay these bills for real. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But then, man, man. First of all, man to man, DJ to DJ. I thank, thank you. you I thank you. I thank no, you. No, thank for you, real, Mars, man. man. Mars, <laughs> y'all. He's been very subtle, man. But Mars is, man, iconic, bro. You know, this nigga wrote a fucking book, cause like you know everything you've done, bro, for the DJ culture, man. Appreciate you, bro. Like Mars, man. You, you were one of the people, like. When you hear that Mars is on the card, like you gotta go watch, mm-hmm. you gotta go listen because your transitions, the way you play music, the how, your your bag, you know, you know them crates, motherfucker. I know your crates <laughs> is crazy, but right. you know, man. But then even to see that, like, like not saying you're done, but you're like even the Usher show, bro. Like when you go to the Usher show in Vegas, if your girl ever begged you to go there, like <laughs> that nigga controls the whole crowd, and and, and it's so special to see you, man, knowing that. Man, God just shining on you, bro, just to say, Thank yo, you, here man. you go, man. Keep going, bro. Thank and you. That, that, and, that, and that's what I see because I'm like, damn, bro. Like, that's just the most amazing gig in the world. You know <laughs> right. what I'm saying? So, and I love that, bro. Thanks, man. Well, our, our Behind the Tape podcast series, yeah. yours truly, DJ Mars, my partner, bro, right here. Yes, sir. Bro, thank you, man. Season. No doubt, man. Always bro fun. was on my ass. Like, you coming for real? You coming? <laughs> Gotta make Yo, sure. Bro, bro, the, the success bro. of this is yeah. because of that guy. Oh, right yeah, there. for sure. For sure. Appreciate it, man. Oh, thank you so much, real man. Definitely, man. I've been rocking with you since he was an intern when I was 79. <laughs> and so he know. That was I've, I've, seen, I I've seen the grind, man. So I you're never, a hard worker. I never was that nigga who just, I always wanted to go. You know what I'm saying? But I'm not afraid of hard work. I'm not ashamed of doing Carrying coffee, none of that shit. You you shouldn't be either. <laughs> All right, we, we out. Here, Thank you guys. Holiday hey. season. Follow me on Instagram at DJ Holiday. Yep. Mixtapes. The classic mixtapes. Doing the mixtape thing. Let me drop a mixtape. Oh, mixtape. The mixtapes. This, this is the Art Behind the Tape podcast. Podcast hosted by this DJ DJ Mars and Brill Jive, covering the spectrum of the mixtape culture.